Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co-host, Lee. I'm Lee, and I'm not here with my co-host, Peter. And I'm really hoping that that's coming to an end shortly. Good Lord, please, yes. I, th- I think we've we've both been pretty pretty safe, and in the big studio reconstruction, we're also making it sort of able to separate each other. So I think mm-hmm. there'll be like a spit shield, because <laughs> we both spit when we talk. There's kind of, uh, lots of... yeah showers and exactly i'm I'm installing like those (laughs) yeah that like clean room type shower where you have to like put your hands up and spin around while it blasts you and then there's like a sandblaster and delousing we'll be skinless but we'll be (laughs) talking to each other yeah exactly (laughs) and you guys are joining us right now for a socially distant tragedy tuesday brought to you this time by lee Yay! First things first, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping like I always do. If you're new here, welcome. We recommend that you go and start from the beginning because we do some callbacks to previous episodes. You're not going to miss inside jokes, but if you want to get the full picture of what we're talking about, sometimes we'll be like, hey, remember episode 13 about the Black Death? That was a good one. Yeah. And by sometimes, we mean every single episode. Every chance we get. And by we, we mean Peter. (laughs) You probably... And uh, you probably noticed that uh, that wasn't a random reference. I actually just called back to an episode number and what it was about. Exactly. That's going to happen all the time. This guy's sharp. <laughs> uh, and then if you go through all that and you get to where you are now and you like what you heard, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen to this podcast. Other than that, if you, can, if you aren't already, you can subscribe and leave a rating or review wherever you want to do that. I think Apple Podcasts is still the best place. If you want to keep up with what we're doing on social medias at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can get everything in one place at www.thisdisasterpod.com and our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod where there's tons of bonus content, live streams, lots of, lots of great stuff, discounts on merch. Speaking of merch, there's still about a little under a month left to pre-order a shirt. We've got another pre-order going now that we hope to get out right in time for the holidays. Ooh. So go on our website, pick your sizes. It's gonna. It's it's kind of confusing because it doesn't actually sound like a pre-order, but you basically back order the item, put it in your cart, pay for it, and then uh, they get produced and shipped out, and they'll be in your hands hopefully by Christmas. And those shirts are cool. They are super cool. Check out the website <laughs> for some pictures, and I'm sure they're all over our social media at this point. So, so check that out. Yeah. Okay. Right before I hand it off to you to talk about today's tragedy Tuesday, I have some excellent, excellent news. All right. For a change. It made me so happy. Okay. So, you know, when we talked about Mel Lyman in episode 34. I do recall. Yes. Yet another instance of a folk musician starting a cult and then <laughs> spiraling downwards. Yeah. There's more than one. Yeah. You remember how he got his start with Jim Queskin? Uh, yeah, yeah. In the Jim Queskin jug band. Uh, yeah, well, I was poking around Spotify doing a little bit of listening following that episode, and I am very happy to report <laughs> that Jim Queskin in 2017 released an unplugged album called Unjugged. <laughs> <laughs> that is such good news. Oh, <laughs> uh, that made me... So happy. Unjugged. <laughs> it's perfect. God bless per- us all. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not, I'm, you know, you know that I'm not mocking it. That's just, you see that kind of album title and you're like, <laughs> well, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Slow perfect. clap. What's well there to played. say? It speaks for itself. 
Nailed it. If I was in a bluegrass band and I released an unplugged album, I wish I would have the creativity to call it unjugged. Exactly. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my bit of good news. Among well, thank you for sharing. That's, tragedy, that's starting so. things off on a high note. I, <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think that's pretty much it for me. And I'll stop talking. And Lee, what are we talking about today? Um, well, today's Tragedy Tuesday is, uh, I mean, as far as our typical fare goes, it's it's on the lighter side. Okay. So if you came here for doom and gloom, sorry. <laughs> yeah, go back a few episodes. It's got pretty yeah. dark. For oh, a you'll find there. it. But this yeah. might be a little, a little, a little brief respite from from all of well, that. Well, we're just, we're headed into our October of despair. It's a, oh, it's a thing now. That's right. We're a couple of weeks away from some very dark episodes. So uh, <laughs> evil. Relish this smile. <laughs> yeah. Last year's was a doozy. But it was. Recall. Yeah. Black Death. Black Death. Part one and two, episode 13 and 14. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep. Okay. So, Peter. Yes. Uh, when you think of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. surely there are some very well-known characters that spring to mind. Carnage. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I only think of that because like one of the first comic books I ever bought was the Carnage and Venom team up. Or no, the, the Venom Spider-Man team up to beat Carnage. Oh, really? Yeah. You still have it? <sighs> Use I it as hope. a coloring book probably? <laughs> oh, no, no. Actually, I was I was old enough to know that it was valuable, but okay. I don't know what well, happened to it That'd be worth some since. money. Yeah, I would dig that. Yeah, man. that was a good yeah. one. And full disclosure, I tried to think of a more ridiculous and obscure Marvel character, but I could I kind of thought so. Classic Peter. Howard the Duck. That's true. Actually, the very first uh, 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 Marvel uh, movie crossover was Howard the Duck. (laughs) Really? Funnily enough. Awesome. One of the all-time flops of uh, cinematic world. Comic Um, flops before DC even got into the game. Exactly. (laughs) 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 Right. So, you were saying Marvel? <laughs> Marvel. They've got some popular yep. characters, don't they? They do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spider-Man yes, they do. And, and, and the Spider-Man. like. Iron in Man. the Marvel Universe. But if I were to bring up Marvel's new universe, mm-hmm. I don't think well-known or spring to mind would even <laughs> figure into it. There's a new universe? At one time, there was a new universe. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you learned already. Yeah, see, you're asking me, well, what the hell am I talking about? And what yeah, the hell are you maybe. talking about? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. The Marvel New Universe mm-hmm. was an imprint from the popular comic brand that ran from 1986 to 1989. Okay. The idea being uh, that these titles would exist outside of the established and multi-layered Marvel universe. Yeah, it seems like a wise choice. Yeah. Let's eschew all the stuff that made us popular and just do something completely different. Exactly. And yeah. I will get to that, my friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, but before we dive into that sort of line of thinking, yeah. uh, we need to familiarize ourselves with the new universe's creator, one Jim Shooter. Okay. Good name. Yeah. Good name. Strong name. I like it. Yeah. So he was born in uh, Pittsburgh in 1951. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge comics fan as a child. Uh, That's good. Particularly with the Marvel comics, which he felt were superior to DC. Okay. Um, I tend to agree, but I mean, that's very subjective, I would say. 
I think I've been heavily colored by the success of the Marvel movies and how good they are. I mean, that's a real feather in their cap. Because if you go back to like the 70s or 80s, uh, and you told somebody, actually, we saw Thor Ragnarok together, I think, and we talked about this at the time. Okay. I remember thinking like, if you told a comic book fan in the 70s or 80s, like 30, 40 years from now, <laughs> a movie about Thor is going to come out and it's going to be a million times better than a movie that came out at the same time about Batman fighting Superman. Right. <laughs> and they're going to be like, get the f- Thor, I mean, like-, like that shitty TV show with whatever that like <laughs> yeah. bodybuilder uh oh, yeah. was that you know, thor as, no like thor, there was a team up with him and the hulk not lufer luferigno luferigno yeah <laughs> really yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah 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 there's pictures of it well <laughs> and i'm sure a whole tv series as well but i've seen pictures <laughs> oh yeah oh the hulk tv show was I don't know why I said that that way. The whole TV show yeah. was when I was a kid. <laughs> I, yeah. I lived for that show. I thought it was so great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so all that to say, like, yes, now I think Marvel is hands down better. I think that's me colored by the movies. What I like about the Marvel characters versus the DC characters is that the Marvel characters are all flawed and actual humans. Batman's flawed because he doesn't have parents. That's, that's, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dirty, dirty orphan. Anyway, I'm not sure if that's going to be relevant. We're I'm already yeah. taking us way off track, but that's why I like Marvel. Oh, yeah. I think the characters are better, too. Anyway. Okay, let's talk on, about this shit. Back on track. Okay. <laughs> okay. He was particularly taken with Marvel Comics, uh, which he felt were superior to DC Comics, so much so mm-hmm. that he felt if he could learn how to write comics in the Marvel style, he could mm-hmm. take those skills over to DC and show them what's what oh he wanted to be like a double agent exactly all right yeah a bit of a bit of a sly a sly fox mm. and at the tender age of 13 mm-hmm. he did just that 13 yeah what year is this this is 1965 okay i guess is that still like kids in coal mine time no probably not <laughs> <laughs> not quite but i okay. mean we're we're still you know, it's it's a not a distant memory, I guess. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Of child, yeah, newsies on the corner. Yeah. Extra, extra. <laughs> Is he inking comics in exchange for a soda pop? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And a yummy, yummy apple. Yeah. Uh, so, 1965, after sending some of his work to DC, he was mm-hmm. commissioned by Mort Weisinger. Not a real name. That's a comic booky name, if I no. Nope. Yeah. That. <laughs> sure. <laughs> not a real person. That's another situation of like, look, dude, if you don't want to tell me your name, don't tell me your name, but <laughs> yeah. don't make that up. <laughs> don't make me say that. <laughs> it's commissioned by Mort, Mr. Mm-hmm. Weisinger, to write stories for Supergirl and Superman, mm-hmm. eventually landing a regular writing position with legions of superheroes. Okay. So he started with DC Comics. Yeah, exactly. Kind cool. of shades of uh, John Romero there. Kind of. Yeah. Bit of a wonderkind. Yeah, child, like, yeah. young prodigy sort of. Episode 32, Daikatana. Check that yep, one out. That's right. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. So his work for DC was both a passion project as well as a way to help his family out financially as they were quite poor at the time. Oh, if he loves doing it, it's a good way to marry, you know, I like comics and I like eating. So Exactly. Got those working If you love together. what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Bullshit, but yes. 
<laughs> Total bullshit. Um, and so fast forward, uh, 1969, Shooter turned down a chance to attend New York University uh, to instead accept a position with Marvel Comics. Hey. Hey, the brass this is ring. Cue the Avengers theme. Da, 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 da. I don't know. And it was also around this time that he quit working for DC. That makes sense. Unsurprisingly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, his financial situation at the time, uh, again, he himself being quite poor, he was living at the YMCA at this time. Um, his tenure at Marvel amounted to three weeks before he oh, decided boy. to quit and head back home to Pittsburgh. That didn't go well. <laughs> no, it's kind of a big little anticlimactic, I would say. Maybe. Maybe it's not fun to stay at the YMCA. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> this so, predated that song, so he didn't have that oh, sort of motivating damn. him. Yeah. When did that song come out? 70s. I'm going to say 70s. Yeah, fair enough. That's as close as I can get it. Yeah. Just printing it to disco. So. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Safe to say. Um, so he heads back to Pittsburgh. Uh, after some menial work, he ended up again, sl- you know, with his tail between his legs, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. working at DC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that went. See exactly. you suckers later. I'm going to the big time. Yeah. Going to Marvel. Ever yeah. heard of them? Bye-bye. Smell you never. <laughs> Flip some dead like, papers on the way out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comes back in. Let me uh, just pick those up for you. I'll put these on the desk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I was joking. Yeah, that's, you guys know it's, it's comics, comic, yeah. humor. So yeah. I'm, I'm back. Oh, this desk? Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so he comes back. He's writing for Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. I okay. learned recently that there was a super dog. <laughs> oh, nice. Unironically. And it's weird because I think it showed up in like Batman Returns. Like some of the Miller ones. Okay. Like in the later year Batmans or whatever. Really? Where he's fighting Superman and stuff. And at one point, Super Dog shows up. <laughs> like you just picture a bunch of guys in a room like, what else can we make? <laughs> Super. <laughs> Super Boy. Yeah. Super Dogs. <laughs> hey. Make it someone's a series. Like, someone's like tapping their cheek with a pen. Super yeah, yeah, yeah. pen. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant oh Jerry you've been pitching that for weeks uh, so he spends about five years at DC during mm-hmm. which time he butted heads with various editors over what he felt were unnecessary rewrites okay uh, and then in December 1975 opportunity came a knocking hmm. in the form of an offer of an editorial position at Marvel from <laughs> editor in chief Marv Wolfman. Cooler name. A totally real name. Still made up. <laughs> also, again, see you suckers later. Yeah, I'm exactly. headed to Marvel. Psych. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Farts on his way out. Really hope he's I really hope he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't. I'll no, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would have been great, but no. Uh so since Stan Lee. You know, Stanley. Stanley? Uh, Stanley. Had, Stanley? Uh, yeah, Stanley who? Hmm. Had, uh, since Stanley had mm-hmm. abdicated his role as editor in chief in 1971, mm-hmm. 
The position had seen quite a bit of turnover in the intervening years. Okay. Many felt the task too daunting as Marvel continued to expand and churn out more and more titles. Mm-hmm. So this worked out well for Jim as only two years into his time with Marvel, he was offered the editor-in-chief position in 1978. Holy crap. Yeah. He was offered Stan Lee's job after Pretty about much. two years. Yeah, because everyone else was like, oh, too hard, too much work. No. Okay. So he's yeah, taking he's over like, for the guy that created Marvel's catalog of superheroes. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Okay. No big deal. And wrote basically every single comic up until, yeah. well, the first five years at least. Oh, these massive shoes? Yeah, I'll fill them. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. How hard could it be? <laughs> So Stanley, um, he re- he relocated to LA uh, to oversee Marvel's animation, television, and film projects. Okay. Um, so this meant that Jim was more or less running the show in Stan's absence, particularly with creative decisions. Okay. Now, this is not the disaster part of the show <laughs> because from the outset he did quite well. Oh. Okay. And he was actually present for a really good run of Marvel stuff. Oh, sweet. So just a little rundown of uh, some notable moves on Jim's part yep. um, during his initial time as editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, his treatment of the first issue of disco-themed superhero Dazzler. I want that Marvel movie, please. <laughs> <laughs> Which turns out, I think she was in one of the most recent X-Men movies. Really? Isn't it Inferno or... I don't know if annihilation. I don't, I don't count those. Uh, oh no, not a fan. Oh, they're kind of. I'm just waiting for Mar- now that Marvel owns the rights again. I'm just, right. I'm just waiting to see what they do, which is going to be way better <laughs> when they when they mesh it all together. Maybe, yeah. Let's see what they do. Indeed, let's. So, but yeah, it turns out Dazzler was in. I think it's Apocalypse. Oh, okay. and it's just sort of an unnamed character where in the credits, it's like, oh, that that was Dazzler. Oh, okay. <laughs> But in, in, in the original Dazzler was this like disco star. Awesome. Um, so all that to say, his treatment of the first issue of yeah. Dazzler, he, he arranged for it to be sold exclusively through comic shops, okay. bypassing newsstands and convenience stores, sort of a way to, to like acknowledge the growing comic shop sector. Okay. So it's kind of like, okay. we see you guys, we're with you. Okay, fair enough. So, pretty cool. Also, also limiting distribution, but oh, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. yeah, it's 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 a bit of a takes money to make money kind of a move. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, like trying like a kind of an allyship, I guess. I yeah, know. I get it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. So he did that. Uh, he initiated some Marvel DC crossover events. Ooh. Superman teaming up, teaming up with Spider Man, for example. Ooh. What would Spider Man have to offer in that team? <laughs> <laughs> I can spin a web. Great, cool. I once reversed time by flying around the Earth backwards really fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've never tried, but I probably could spin a web. Yeah, too. <laughs> I am uh. Superman after all. He started the epic imprint for creator-owned material. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe ElfQuest was part of that. And also uh, our pal uh, Cerebus. Yeah, that's why I know remember. Epic. That's yeah. why I know Epic. Yeah, they yeah. They did some uh, Cerebus stuff for That epic. was uh, Tragedy Tuesday. 
going back a ways. <laughs> just number off the top of my head. Yep, sure. That was, uh, yeah, that was Tragedy Tuesday, 14 and a half about Cerebus, wow. Cerebus the Aardvark. That's right. Yeah. Check that one out. Amazing that you have that information all on file up here. Tip of the tip of the tongue, just right up here. Don't need to go on our super convenient website, thisdisasterpod.com, where there's a search feature and you can find whatever you're looking for. Hey, it does have all that. If you don't have all that stuff on your brain like Peter does. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good resource. <laughs> <laughs> he lobbied for creator royalties if their books passed certain sales numbers mm-hmm. or if characters of theirs were licensed as toys. Nice. And he oversaw runs on several different titles, which would turn out to be highly regarded. Uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne's run on Uncanny X-Men. Yeah. Which I think that's where the whole Dark Phoenix thing takes place. Okay. Yep. Uh, John Byrne's work on Fantastic Four. Frank Miller's run on Daredevil. Walt Simonson's crafting of Norse mythology within the Marvel Universe in Thor. Nice. And Roger Stern's runs on both Avengers and Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. He was also responsible for initiating some very successful company-wide crossover events, those being the Contest of Champions and Secret Wars, the latter being when Spider-Man's black suit first showed up. Right. Okay, yeah. so he did did well by Marvel. He did well. This is like end of the 70s, early, like pretty much the 80s, like sort of classic Bronze Age Marvel. Like yeah. pretty much everyone agrees this was a great time for yep. a lot of the Marvel stuff. A lot of good, cool stuff was happening. Couldn't possibly screw it up. No. So, let's... <laughs> Let's talk about how we screwed it up. Let's get right to that. So there are those within the Marvel camp at the time who claim that it was around the Secret Wars era that things started changing with Jim. Hmm. Uh, According to John Romita Sr., Mm -hmm. uh, Shooter had been great for the first two or three years. He got the creative people treated with more respect, got us sent to conventions first class with our ways paid. Yep. And we thought the world of him. Then his Secret Wars was a big hit. And after that, he decided he knew everything and he started changing everyone's stuff. Oh, boy. Yeah. Went straight to his head. Yeah, pretty much. Uh-oh. So perhaps symptomatic of that, this little power trip, yeah. uh, was Jim's idea for how to commemorate Marvel's upcoming 25th anniversary in 1986. Okay. Jim proposed that they bring the Marvel Universe to an end and relaunch all the titles in a remade universe, which would see all the established characters rebooted to conform to modern 1986 times. Nope. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. That, that, is, that is among the worst ideas I've ever heard. That is a bold, bold move. Yeah. Hey, you know how all of our characters are like really hot right now and nobody can seemingly get enough? Yeah. Just throw all that out. Uh-huh. and start as if we're a brand new comic company. Exactly. You see that table I set over there? It's all nice. I'm going to pull the tablecloth out from under that. Yeah. What do you but think not, of that? But not in like an artful way. I'm not going to do it quickly. No. I'm not going to do it quickly so everything stays on top. I'm going to oh, do no. it real slow to make sure that <laughs> everything <laughs> falls yeah. over and there's like wine on the white tablecloth and the turkey's coming down and the dog's jumping on it. Yeah. And then I'll kick the table over and then I'll pour gas on it and light a match. What do you think of that? Also, I think we should 
remake the Marvel Universe. <laughs> no to both? Oh, shit. Unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only thing it would really be in aid of is sort of solving some logistical problems. Like maybe why isn't Peter Parker have a receding hairline? By now, right. sure. <laughs> Why is it Mr. Enough. Fantastic in an old age home? Fair, okay, sure. But that's just comic shit. Those are no one details. Cares. Yeah, who gives a shit? General consensus was that shaking things up was not necessarily the way to go. You don't say, especially since their established titles were very successful at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Jim. No, no, <laughs> no. no. What else you got? <laughs> okay, plan B. There, there was a plan B? Well, maybe not okay. until plan A was shot down in flames. But okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was on the spot or he's like, okay, I got this other idea. But he had another <laughs> Just, idea. Okay. Plan B was an altogether new universe that supplemented rather than replaced the one already in place. Okay, better. The proposal was approved and there was a budget of $120,000 given to get things going. Is that a lot? I don't know. It sounds like a lot. I guess all you need is pen pencils. And <laughs> pencils, papers, and, and just, bodies I, to move them around. I, guess. I know. I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know what to base that on. Like, yeah. holy shit, that's a lot. Or, oh, cheapskates could yeah. be either. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems pretty generous. Yeah. So, Shooter, along with an assortment of Marvel staff, collaborated on the concepts of the individual titles. Uh, the overarching premise behind the line was that prior to July 22nd, 1986, mm -hmm. uh, this new universe was identical to ours. So it was, in effect, the real world, the world that you and I live in. Okay, fair enough. Right. So then at 4.22 a.m., on July 22nd, an unexplained astronomical phenomenon occurred whereupon Earth was momentarily bathed in white light. Mm -hmm. As a result, two out of every million human beings experienced genetic anomalies which led to the development of superpowers. Hmm. So, and this became known as the white event. Interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty cool concept. Uh, humans yeah. who develop powers as a result of the white event were known as paranormals. Uh, the original intent was for all the major characters in the new universe line to be either paranormals or somehow affected by the white event. However, right from the outset, three of the eight titles, uh, those being Justice, Mark Hazard, Merc, and mm -hmm. Spitfire and the Troubleshooters yeah. <laughs> had Did no they? connection to any sort of to to the white event. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, so they're breaking their own rules already. That sounds like some of the fan theories I've heard about how the X-Men are going to get incorporated into the Marvel universe now. Oh, really? Cuz like the 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 main criticism, not criticism, but the main hurdle that people keep pointing out are like, oh, "Okay, so where were the X-Men ever?" Right? Like they were they just hiding. That's kind of lame. <laughs> where were the Fantastic 4? Yeah, right. Where was the Silver Surfer who is so critically linked to anything Thanos related in the comics? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I think some of the suggestions that I've heard have to do with like during all these snap events, these kinds of mutations got introduced so that uh, moving forward, 
mutants show up and become a thing. Okay, okay, okay. That's sort of the catalyst for it. So it sounds a little bit like this this white light or the white event. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it wouldn't surprise a, me at all if they sort of appropriated that concept to make yeah. it usable. Okay, so the remaining five titles which did adhere to the white event premise were DP7, Nightmask, Starbrand, mm-hmm. Kickers, Inc., and Cyforce. Okay. My favorite is Spitfire and the Troubleshooters, though. <laughs> it just sounds like the Geek Squad. Right? Like, well, <laughs> Troubleshooters. <laughs> or just like, they're who you call when you have like a minor inconvenience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Fa- Thanos, get the Avengers. Uh-huh. Can't find your keys? Get the Troubleshooters. Get the Troubleshooters. And they'll be like, okay, well, let's do a little um, process of elimination here. You know what? They're always in the last place you'll look. So, fix Spitfire. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very like late '80s. This kind of stuff. It's very sort of cyber and you know (laughs) futuristic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from the outset, things did not go as planned. (laughs) You don't say. Weird. Uh, Due to some behind-the-scenes budgetary bullshit, Mm -hmm. uh, the funds set aside for the new universe which, what do we say, 120K? Yep. Uh, well, there were a, essentially cut to nothing. Oh. So, so it, it really doesn't matter, that whole <laughs> speculation we did, because we know what zero is. So I know we promised you a budget, but what do you think about no budget? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's different. Was it something I said? <laughs> uh, um. So this meant that Jim's initial wish to recruit top creators would become unfeasible. Mm-hmm. The creative and editorial roles were instead staffed by those who were either new to the industry or couldn't manage to find work elsewhere. Oh, good. That's what you want. So, <laughs> yeah. At the interview. So why Marvel? I'm going to be honest with you. Nowhere else is nowhere else <laughs> said yes. You're my yeah. last option. This is my, I'm going to go sell hot dogs if this doesn't work out. <laughs> Can you start Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Spitfire and the Troubleshooters? <laughs> love it. Love it. My favorite. As much as I love food. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Despite these behind-the-scenes follies, the line was heavily promoted within the pages of popular Marvel comics. I remember it well, seeing those ads in G.I. Joe and yeah. Spider-Man. Nice. And the first issues still set to coincide with Marvel's 25th anniversary. Despite this being a difficult deadline to meet for the mostly wet behind the ears new universe team, all the mm. news, all the new titles hit newsstands as promised. Nice. However, the fans did not exactly embrace the new universe with open arms. Oh boy. Many felt that right from the start, the comics were not delivering on the promises made in the promotion of a more realistic approach to storytelling. Right. Uh, creative teams shuffled around constantly, and as a result, certain titles suffered in focus and consistency. So Jim Shooter, meanwhile, was himself involved in his own set of behind-the-scenes melodramas at this time. Mm-hmm. As a result, the time he had to devote to his creation was slim to none. Mm-hmm. By the end of the first year of the new universe, four of the titles had been canceled, uh, a fifth, Jim Shooter's own star brand, he was writing that one, had been yeah. downgraded to bi-monthly status. 
and Jim Shooter himself fired from Marvel in April of 1987. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so that that spiraled quickly. <laughs> yeah, very quickly. So Jim's replacement is editor-in-chief Tom DeFalco. Yeah. Very normal name. That surprisingly, actually, given yeah. the other names that we've heard today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rallied an assortment of Marvel talent in an effort to save the line. Efforts were made to inject more of the realism that was initially supposed to be what set the brand apart from the regular Marvel Universe. One key element of this was that the white event and the resulting actions of various paranormals were supposed to have significant and lasting consequences on the world rather than the idea of superheroes being sort of a normal accepted thing like it was in the Marvel Universe. So, okay, you know, if something happens that's quite out of the ordinary, like whatever was happening in the new universe, people would react yeah. accordingly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Not right. like they do like, Oh, there's Spider-Man again. <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever. I think, yeah, I think they kind of do that in the movies. Mm -hmm. Like people accept that Iron Man's around, but they also freak out when there's aliens. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking more yeah. in, the, in the Marvel line of comics. And yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Was, especially just, in the early days, it was sort of, sort of like, Oh, there's the fantastic fork and have your autograph place. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, No, I think <laughs> my, my frame of reference is mostly the movies. Sure. I read sure, sure. some comics growing up, but it's mostly been movies. Yeah. I think most people can say the same. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny how the movies have sort of made the Marvel characters so popular, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. In a way, uh, it's, it's sort of overshadowed and some in some way for the better, I would say. I Yeah, like I think I had some comics that had Iron Man in them. Uh -huh. But I remember thinking as a kid, like, it's kind of a weird character. <laughs> yeah. Well, same with Thor. I never gave a shit about Thor right. until the movies. I just thought he's kind of yeah. dumb. Yeah. yeah. Up to this point, the, this concept had basically been ignored. Mm -hmm. The idea that, you know. This realism. Realism. People care that they're superheroes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it elicits a double take, mm -hmm. at least. <laughs> uh, so in implementing this approach, a quasi- nuclear event takes place known as the black event oh, okay where pittsburgh mm -hmm. gets turned mm -hmm. into a crater uh the resulting aftermath saw a much grimmer tone throughout all the titles with a sort of post-apocalyptic backdrop playing out with heavier focus on war and politics mm -hmm. so as cool or interesting as this all sounds um yeah. and i haven't read all these i plan to at some point but sure. uh it it does sound pretty intriguing mm -hmm. Uh, the new universe was discontinued in late 1989 with a grand total of 170 comics produced throughout the okay. eight titles. So when they're doing these new universe comics, are they like all they're putting out or are they also publishing old universe comics? Oh no, it's, it's in tandem with yeah, okay. everything else. So cool. it's just yeah. eight new titles in addition to yeah, gotcha. Avengers Spider-Man. That's smarter. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They didn't stop making Marvel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. They got discontinued, not due to lack of sales. As at the time the line was canceled, the, the remaining four series in the new universe were performing solidly. Mm -hmm. uh, rather, Marvel felt that staff and production resources would be better used on new, more promising series, i.e. New Warriors, X-Force, and characters like Deadpool, right. Cable. Yep. You know. Wise choices. People like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, a four-issue limited series entitled The War mm-hmm. was the official conclusion to the new universe. Okay. Uh, never satisfied with leaving well enough alone, various Marvel titles slowly started featuring new universe characters uh, being integrated into the Marvel universe starting in 1993 and continuing to this day. But then is the white event part of the main comic continuity? I'm not sure if that's been retconned into, yeah, I don't know yeah. what the premise is there. Maybe there was some like dimensional leaps or I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if they're just like, uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. The, trouble, eh, no one remembers the troubleshooters are here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so after his ousting from Marvel, Jim Shooter continued working in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he formed Valiant Comics, Defiant Comics, mm-hmm. and Broadway Comics, none of which did particularly well. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> exactly. Broadway. Yeah. Um, as of 2017, he still works as consulting editor and freelance writer for custom comics company Illustrated Media. Right. I'm not sure if that applies to the present day, but right, that's as up to date as I could find on information on Jim. Illustrated Media. I wonder what kind of media they produce. Um, Like... <sighs> Like art, yep. Like illustrated, prop, prop, like illustrated, probably. like illustrated yeah. meat, like meat. Yeah, cool. Like the kind, <laughs> the kind with writing in it. Right. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of media. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, mm. that's the story of the uh, ill-fated new universe, oh, which wow. uh, I remember. I bought into it pretty hard, mostly because right. there was a kid older than me, yeah, who was into comics, yeah, and he was like, "You, you gotta start." this is the new universe this is going to be huge so i was like okay so i'll pick night mask yeah of the eight titles and i bought two of them and i was like this is stupid and then i stopped buying it and i stopped being his friend not because of that but (laughs) and he was just kind of oh well okay yeah that was i played a small part in the new universe nice and you're gonna go back and read it i guess I am. I downloaded all of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> so. I, I am. Uh, I keep thinking that I'll get into comics, and I'll, I always read them in like bursts. But there's yeah. just so much. It's <laughs> yeah. It's I, I feel like you're probably a completist, like I am. Yeah. And it's hard to just kind of jump in. Yeah. Anywhere. So. Luckily, the way my completionism or my completionist attitude works is that if i get to a point and i realize that i can't complete all of them i give up <laughs> so that's usually saves, the way to go and you know, saves me a lot of time <laughs> exactly frees up a lot of time for yeah yeah wow yeah. that's that's kind of a disaster but like you said not a huge bummer just no a colossally misguided direction <laughs> exactly not yeah. the uh typical tidal waves and yeah. And horrible choking death that you might well, be used to on the show, but hey, we, we give you a variety. You get a you get a respite before heading into the dark October. <laughs> dark October. All right. So, so you got uh you got some music for that? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm actually taking a, a page out of your book. Hmm. Uh because I know when you do a, a tragedy Tuesday, it's usually what you've been listening yeah. to yeah, at yeah. the time. And what I've been listening to is a band called Cardiacs. Okay. And I posted about this band 
a little while ago uh, on social media because the singer guitar player uh, Tim Smith recently passed away. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually a bit of a, a de- disaster in itself because he hmm. he attended. So about ten years ago, he he was leaving a My Bloody Valentine concert. Mm-hmm. At which point he had a heart attack and I think a stroke. Jesus. And then, as a result, developed uh, it's called dystonia. Oh yeah. Okay. So like your limbs, it, it's almost like you have like advanced uh, like MS. Yeah. Um, so I've been I I've been listening to their entire discography basically, but if you don't want to nail it down to 1987 around when yeah. this new universe stuff was happening, yeah. I will throw the song um, "Tarred and Feathered" out there okay. yeah. from the Big Ship EP, and like I could picture like a super super nerd reading an issue of DP7 and listening yeah. to Cardiacs. Nice. I'm sure that happened at least. Um, once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's actually a very funny music video for Tart and Feathered. So oh, okay. seek that Maybe out we'll, on YouTube. It's it's a, yeah. it's entertaining. Maybe we'll link it in our show notes too. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, that was a tragic Tuesday. Yeah. And an awesome song selection. Okay. So if you enjoyed what you heard just now, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen. Yeah. The next best thing you can do, like I said at the very top, is to subscribe if you aren't already and leave a rating and review wherever you listen. Mm-hmm. Maybe Apple Podcasts, maybe somewhere else. It's up to you. You know, dealer's choice. If you want to keep up with what we're doing on social media at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can also check out our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. We've got a patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod where there's tons of bonus content, live streams, and discounts on merch. And like I said, we've got a shirt pre-order going on right now, and that's going to go on until October 16th, mid-October. So if you want to, if you missed out on a shirt last time or you didn't, you weren't listening yet, and now you would like a shirt, go on our website at uh, shop.thisdisasterpod.com or there's a link on our main website. Go to the uh, the shirt option. Uh, it'll it'll come up as a back order, not... It, it's, it's a pre-order, but you'll basically have to back order it. And then we make those to order and they'll be shipped out and hopefully in your hands by Christmas. Hey, so, so do, so do that. If you so choose, that's all yes. I had to say. Uh, Lee, thanks for that tragic Tuesday. My pleasure. And we'll see you in our next major disaster. Bye. Bye.